He tells us this himself, walk before me and be thou perfect. Prayer alone can bring you into his presence and keep you there continually. What we need then is an attitude of prayer in which we can constantly abide and out of which exterior occupation cannot draw us. This prayer is not mental, but of the heart. It is not a prayer of thought alone, because the mind of man is so limited that while it is occupied with one thing, it cannot be thinking of another. But it is the prayer of the heart which cannot be interrupted by the occupations of the mind. Nothing can interrupt the prayer of the heart but unruly affections. And when once we have tasted of the love of God, it is impossible to find our delight in anything but himself. Nothing is easier than to have God and to live upon him. So this is the kind of praying we do, which, again, there's not an outside show of it because it's happening inside. So, um, so what we do is we do kind of a short prayer because this is a short method of prayer. That's the name of the book. So we do a short prayer. And, you know, like a lot of times when we start our groups, we, we worship to music, which is a very heavenly thing to do because that's how they do it in heaven. Um, but there's also a frequency or music within you that it comes through your union with the Lord. And so we do this quick, quiet prayer. So we'll do that right now. So we'll do it just like we did last night. And the idea here is to become aware of the presence of God all around you because he didn't go anywhere. He's here, he's with us, he's in us. He never leaves us, he never forsakes us. So this kind of prayer, what we'll do is we'll just pray and we'll remind ourselves of where he is and where we are. So, so just do this, close your eyes. And the idea here is just becoming aware of, of the presence of God. And we and you can you might feel the peace of God, you might feel the joy in just becoming aware of Him all around us, in us, and sense His presence. Be thankful for His presence. Thankful for Him. Now repeat after me, say, I am in Him. I am I'm in Him. him. And he is in me. And he is in me. You may be aware of just yourself breathing, the breath, which is the breath, that's your spirit, the breath of God. And aware of him in everything, all around us, and in us, and the love of God within us. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Hallelujah. I was wondering if anybody could remember what we talked about last night. <laughs> like, like, what was the overarching theme? This is a pop quiz. <laughs> no, 
no more good. I'm just messing with you. Okay, you have a dreams come from God and the interpretation is yep. Yeah, right. Okay, we're good. <laughs> okay. So um <clears throat> what we'd like what we'd like to do tonight is we'd like to um cover um dream symbols and the word. And as we start, I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow, but I'm just going to briefly uh, read these verses that the Apostle Paul was talking about. He was talking about the fact that because they murdered the Messiah, God was ending Judaism. Not the Jews, but Judaism. Started at Ezra, it got really bad, so it got so bad that they murdered their own Messiah. So he's, he's talking about that, okay? He's not getting rid of the Jews, just the Judaism, okay? And... Um, so he also mentions that they're going to be restored, okay? For if their reprobation was reconciliation to the world, how much more, therefore, their return, but life that is from among the dead. So they, they were reprobates, and, um, but they're going to come back, okay? So this is Romans 12, verse 15, and now I'm reading verse 16, Romans 12, verse 16. And if the first is set apart... The lump of dough is also. So if the, um, you know, because dough rises before you put the yeast in it, if that's holy, then when the whole lump raises, the lump is also holy. Okay? So he's making this point, and he said, um, and if the root is set apart, which is another word for holy, and if the root is set apart, the branches are also. Okay? And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, who are a wild olive tree, were grafted into their place, and became partakers of the root and of the oil of the olive tree. Now, you know the olive tree is Israel, right? And Israel doesn't have to do with Judaism. It has to do with the children of promise. Not every person whose parent you know, is Jewish is necessarily an Israeli, because the, the that, that seed is from promise, and that's another host teaching, but we're just going to do this real quick. So he said, um, do not boast against the natural branches, but if you boast, you are not bearing the root, but the root bears you. And perhaps you should say of the branches that were broken off, I will be grafted in their place. These matters are beautiful. They were taken off because they did not trust. Now, in Hebrew and Aramaic, Trust, faith, and belief are the same word. It's just whatever the translator wanted to use, okay? But it's the same word. Trust is something that um, seems to be more of an all-encompassing thing rather than appointed. Because belief, we can have belief kind of like as a pointed definition. So anyway, keep going. These matters are beautiful. They were broken off because they did not have trust. But you stand by trust. Don't be exalted in your mind by, but fear. So what I wanted to mention is that um, if you boast, remember this, you are not bearing the root, but the root bears you. When we're discussing the things of God, those, that discussion has to always entail the root. If it doesn't, it's a wild olive tree. But we've seen in the last 2,000 years, they had all whole bunches of wild olive trees because they didn't have the root that God put in, we could do Abraham, we could do 
all these examples, David, we could do all these examples. They're carrying the same root. It's not, it's not different. Um, but there are religious systems um, that are wild. He calls them a wild olive tree. And you know, olive tree represents Israel. So um, as we're talking about this, we do not have the right to just invent things. We don't have the right to just say, well, I think it means this and I think it means that. What we, what we realize is that what's bearing us and what's producing oil in our lives is the root. So we don't, we don't bear the root. We don't like correct the root. We don't say, well, I don't like this about the root. And we, we so, so we just kind of keep that in the back of mind. We'll talk about this a little bit more. That makes sense. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, what we want to understand as we're doing this, we want to understand the relationship between the Word of God, and we'd like to understand um, why do dreams always come with symbols? Why doesn't he just prophesy to us in the middle of the night? We want to know that, because that's in the Bible, but we want to know th those are questions, okay? So to understand that, the, what we have to understand is that there are levels of interpretation for the Word. Now, this comes from the root. This, does, this doesn't come from us. We didn't invent this. Um, but this, this is the way that it's been done uh, for a long time. So the first thing that we want, we want to talk about, um, what we call, we call it the Bible, okay? Uh, and Bible just means book because it is the book. <laughs> the <laughs> right? book. It is the book, right? Um, but what we're talking about when we're talking about the, the you know, what we call the Bible, um, it's the words of Elohim. They're not words about him. They're his very own words, okay? So when we realize that, there's a, there is a, a profound respect we could even call if we use fear the way it's designed in the scripture, it, it's not a bad thing, but fear in our life is like run for your life, you know. But there's a tremendous respect that comes because we realize what, what I'm looking at, what I'm holding, what I'm reading, these are the words of God and they have been preserved to this day. Every world leader did everything they could to erase the Jews from the planet and erase the Bible. In our lifetime, Hitler thought he burned it all. He thought he destroyed all of the synagogues, didn't know that the Jews buried their synagogues so he couldn't find them, and they could still go to the temple, right? They did that. They took their books, and they put them in people's attics. He thought he got rid of all the Bible, all of the Jewish books. He thought he got rid of all the Bibles. Right now, you know, Russia did that too. It was punishable by death to own a Bible. Whatever. This is just our lifetime. Just give you an example of what I'm talking about. But it's still here. The Dead Sea Scrolls, what a delight. What an absolute delight. When we look at the Bible, we see what a guy in the 300s named the Bible Old Testament and New Testament. And he did that because he was disparaging the Jews and also blaspheming God in the process because he actually named his name and blasphemed him. Okay, I'm not going to go into that. But what what the what we're going to call the Old Testament because that's how we know it. That those books were kept in that order because it had to do with the the nation of Israel, their history and their interaction with the world. But they were not the only words of God that were written. Enoch, you want to have your mind blown? Read Enoch. Whoa. 
And what we're finding, what we found out from the um, Dead Sea Scrolls is all these other books. They don't disagree with the Bible at all, but they don't have to do with the history of the nation of Israel. They don't have to do with the future of the nation, but they have to do with the wisdom of God. So there's, there's other books as well that bring this knowledge of God to us, and it was so important to Papa. When the Romans came, they killed every single solitary Jew in that land. Every single thing. They destroyed all the books that they could find. They destroyed the temple, and they actually took the foundation of the temple up. So there would be no memory at all of the Jews. But the Essenes, which was a group of people that Jesus ministered to, they just, um, for some reason, that's kind of not talked about here. But um, John the Baptist was in the scene. He was raised in the desert by them. And what they did when they saw the Roman army coming is they hid their library in caves, intending to come get them, not knowing that the command was, if they're Jewish, kill them on the spot. Every single one of them died. But Papa saved his word for us. He saved it for us. We have a greeter. <laughs> and, that, and that's some of the places. In the, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, we found out that David actually wrote 3,000 psalms. Um, there's a lot of things that David did. He had, had, he had psalms assigned to the morning sacrifice, the evening sacrifice, Sabbath. He had all of that, we found that all out through the Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay? Now, what they did was, um, for, our, for our group, for our, 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 not our group, but, you know, for, uh, for what we call the Bible, um, they saved 150. But he wrote 3,000. Okay? So now... That's not in our Bible, but it's in another holy book. <laughs> okay? So, um, the reason that I'm saying that is this. We're talking about the words of the only true and living God. All the gods, I can give you the names if you want them. All the gods of Egypt, Greece, Rome, the Aztecs, the Mayans, the atheists, they all have gods that were invented by men. I can give you names. They were all invented. They were not demons. They didn't have encounters with demons. They just made up ideas. And they, they, this is what they had in mind. We have to control the women, and we have to control everybody uh, that's not doing what we say. And in that system, the top guy is the guy. You better do what he says, or you're going to be in a living hell forever and ever, and you're going to be tortured. And I'm going to tell you how he gets tortured, okay? So when we're talking about... Yahweh, he is the only true and living God. We have examples in our, in our I'm going to hold up my Bible. This is my Bible. <laughs> we have examples in, in our word where Nebuchadnezzar thinks he's God. He's walking on the top of his, I did this, I'm God. And God says, no, you're not. <laughs> did the same thing with Pharaoh. He, did it, he does it with everybody. They get to the top. They think they can have everything they want, so they must be a God. And God says, no, you're not. Right? So, you see what I'm doing right now? I'm introducing you, not introducing, I'm refreshing what you already know, that these words are actually words about God. And we have something that no other, none, no other religion in the history of mankind has. We have the Holy Spirit, 
And what she does is she brings the power of God into the realm of men where everyone can see that it's God. All their other talking is just about ideas. But our Holy Spirit, when she shows up, that's it. And you see healings, you see all kinds of miraculous events that, that transpire because that's what the job of the Holy Spirit is. They don't have anything like that. Never been shown, it can't happen. It's just ideas. But we have an active interaction. And when, when the Holy Spirit shows up, that's it. We say that in English because this is what we know. <laughs> it is impossible to be separated from God because he's everywhere. You could, you could get mad, walk out the door, say, I don't believe in God anymore. He's not around. Nope, he's around. <laughs> right? You, when you were born, at the moment of conception, you had a flash of light. They've taken a picture of it. When those two things come together, bam, there's a flash of light. He gave you, that, that was him. Right? We know that when he creates, he creates and he puts his word in what he creates. Now, here's the, here's the, here's the reason why. His word carries his essence and his nature. It's not a magic, it's not a magic pronunciation. His name itself carries his essence and his nature. So that's in you. If his, if his word was not in anything he created, it would just fall apart eventually. It would just decay. And then he taught that to Adam. And he brought forms to Adam. And he said, what will you call this, Adam? And when he put the name of God in that animal, when he called it a giraffe, it never acts like a lion, and it doesn't decay. Until this very day, it still looks like a giraffe because he put the name of Yahweh into it, and it carried his nature and who he is. So these are aspects of understanding his words that these words are so important, they can't get rid of them. You can't. They've done everything they can, but they can't. Because they, we don't have all the writings of all those other religions. No matter, even if they honored them and said, we're going to save them, they're gone. But this they can't get rid of. So what we're talking about, like the little thing up front says, <laughs> what we're talking about is the actual words of Elohim and not just words about him. When, when I was uh, delivered and saved... I was kind of an atheist, I guess. And um, I started reading the Bible, and I, I actually asked myself that. Are these the words of God? Because, you know, the church I was going to say it was the word of God. I said, are they the words of God, or are they words about God? In other words, one is God said them, and the other one is one man just wrote their, their opinions. And I read it. It's him. He's in it. He's absolutely, absolutely, totally in those words. So, found this site. Probably everybody here has heard this before, but I just thought I would say it anyway. 3,800 times the Bible claims to be God's own words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and caused me to say this. Yahweh says this. Yahweh says that 3,800 times. Okay? So, what we realize... What we're talking about now is not just a book of words. We're talking about a book that carries in it the essence and the nature of God. So it's not a book that you sit down and read to get ideas. 
like you would or would not in a math book <laughs> or a history book. You're just not going to get ideas. What's going to, what's going to happen is you're going to encounter him. If you've ever had an encounter with Yeshua and, you, and you've seen him and you've heard his voice, he has a certain quality, right? Right? Okay. If that happens, open up the Gospels and read it again. Mm -hmm. You'll hear his voice. When, he, when you're reading those words, you'll hear that voice that spoke to you. In that, that, that exact voice. Because I have my own tone, we all have our own tone. And he has his own tone too. And you'll hear it. Because this is God's own words. <laughs> okay? And it's, it's so because of that, it's a place that we can learn about Elohim. I use Elohim because I found out that the word God is a Babylonian deity of luck and favor. <laughs> and let me just say this. Stop me, okay? <laughs> Bruce is out of rule. You might have to stop me, okay? <laughs> uh -oh. Maybe I should just stop. Um, oh, boy. So, when I say Elohim and I say Yahweh, in Jeremiah 44, you know that what we call the day of Pentecost, Shavuot, that was the day when they were in the wilderness where he married them. Now, he didn't, there wasn't a consummation of the marriage, but the marriage vows were exchanged, okay? The dowries were exchanged. Uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb is the consummation of what took place in the desert then, okay? So, um, but then they went out and committed adultery with more gods than we can name in this room. And they put their names on those gods, those, those imaginary beings. When the scripture says the idols are nothing, He's not offering an opinion. They do not exist. <laughs> and you are actually worshiping a stone. You're actually worshiping a twig. Okay? So as, as he's explaining that to them, <laughs> they're affectionate toward their idols. They kiss them. They paint them. They give them gifts. They talk about them to all their friends. And the affection that they, that they had originally been giving, been giving to Yahweh, they're not giving that affection to beings that don't even exist. And they're doing it with an affectionate tone in their voice. And anything that good that happens to them, they name that imaginary being. And so he said through the prophet Jeremiah, because of all these things, Instances of adultery, not four or five, not ten, not a hundred. I'm going to take my name off your lips. And from that day till right now, they will not say his name. But we're all blessed to say it. Because Yahweh is made up of four letters. Four. Um, vowels. There's no consonants. Can't be Jehovah because J, right? And V is not, right? We know that in ancient Hebrew, I don't know if I should do this. I'm going to do it because it'll be related. Okay? Okay. In ancient Hebrew, 
okay? They didn't have, um, you could pronounce the words based on the letters. By leaving, by leaving the vowels out, the Jews make it impossible for you to know what his name is. But we know that's always been, am I blowing your mind? I don't know, should I like stop? I don't know. But we know it's four vowels. They've known that all along. Philo was, you know, a, a very influential Jewish writer. And he said the same thing. And some of the people that were familiar with it, writing about that, they said the same thing, it's four vowels, okay? If you go to ancient Hebrew, it's pronounced this way. Yahuwah. Try saying it out loud. Yahuwah. Yahuwah. So you can see how, see how close Yahweh is. Yahweh. But it, should, it probably should be an E-H. We're not going to get into pronunciations like who's right and who's wrong. We're not doing that. But what we're saying is we're not even allowed to say that. Okay? Because he took his name off their lips, but we can. So I can say Yahweh. <laughs> okay? So I do. I can say Elohim because I know him and I can do it. All right? So that, but I don't do it to be right. I do it as, a, as an act of affection to him. I'm not trying to be right. I'm not trying to be correct. It's an act of affection. If he reveals himself to us as Elohim, and I can say that, I'm going to say it. If he reveals himself to us as Yahweh, I'm going to say it. It's an act of affection. It's not an act of being right or correcting everybody. And you said it wrong. You should say it like this. We're not talking about that. It's an act of affection because he told us what his name was. And his name is in everything he created. That's why it stays that way. That's why the sun didn't decay. That's why the planets didn't decay. The stars don't decay. You don't decay, right? Well, I'm not talking about death. I'm talking about your body. You're walking down the street and all of a sudden, <laughs> you're not there anymore. That's what I'm talking about, okay? So because of that, we're, the Bible, the Bible, what we call the Bible, the Word of God is a place to learn about Elohim, and it's a place to learn about his ways. Because those are two different things, aren't they? Because... Who he is is one thing, but his ways are another thing. And he loves us so much, he wants to share with us his ways. And really, that's the best way to know somebody. Yep. Right? You could you know, go back to school age. You've got all your friends in school, but you don't know what their favorite meal is. You don't know what their favorite color is, maybe. Right? You, you don't know what they like to do. Maybe you only know that they like to watch TV, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff they like. But when you find out all that, then you know more about your friend. And so what Papa's done with us is he shared with us not only who he is, but he shared with us his ways. And they're infatuating. <laughs> they're like, you're awesome. <laughs> okay? So I, 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 I really love David. I just really love him. And uh, when I found this, I just laughed out loud. He said this. He said, your word is my preoccupation. And I'm kind of known for that. If I'm not actively involved in the conversation, I'm there. I'm in the word. It's, I'm preoccupied with it. Sometimes they have to go, Bruce, I love it. Okay. And then he said, your word is my entertainment. Now, back then, the only people that had entertainment were kings because you had to, they had to come live with you. You had to pay them to live with you, to entertain you. And the value that he puts on the word, I'm entertained by your word. 
You see, it's not something that's, that's uh, I gotta learn, I gotta learn, it's not that. It, there's a relationship that we build with the, with the words. Not with the, not with the, I don't, we don't have books anymore. Not with the, <laughs> not with the phone, <laughs> but with the words that are in it, okay? So, understanding that, um, you, you all have, what's that called, Jamin, when they, they, every so many letters and they have in the, in this passage? What's oh, the Bible called? code? Bible code. You all know about the Bible code, right? Okay. This is, this is another one. So, you don't have to remember it. I'm just going to read it. But they can't reproduce this in any book. That uh, one of Brother Copeland's meetings, we were um, <clears throat> in one of his meetings, and um, they introduced the guy, had him come up front and introduced him, the guy that invented the satellite. And what they mean by that is this. They could put satellites in space, but it's impossible to make it stay in one location because of all the forces that are out there. The guy that invented what, what we're going to call stationary satellites was visited by an angel. And the angel said to him, I'm going to show you how to, how to build a stationary satellite because that's the means that the return of Jesus will be spread through the whole world at the same time. Okay? So we're like, whoa, yes, God, this is awesome! You know, and then we find out that the people that are doing Bible codes invited him, invited him to come on one of their shows and they open up the scriptures, and they said, you see this right here? That's your name. You see this right here? It says satellite. You see this right here? It says invented. In this Bible. Okay? There's no book in the world like that. There's levels. There's levels of understanding the word of God. So what I did is I just thought I would do a couple of... Um, interesting things. So what we're going to do is we look at Genesis chapter 1. In Hebrew it's seven words. It's more in ours because we add a couple. But in Hebrew it's seven words. In the beginning Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Okay? So what happens when you look at this in Hebrew is stunning. The number of times that the word seven appears Okay, so um, nobody could have composed this. They've tried to do it. They've tried to find other books and say, oh, you could do that with any book. And they haven't been able to because those are not God's words. <laughs> this is not random. This, is, this can be repeated throughout. Um, if you start at the beginning, in my mind, since I've read Hebrew, I go right to left. So if you see me do that, you know, I'm not, okay. Um, you start at the beginning, every 11th word is a successive letter of Yahweh. All the way through Genesis, all the way through Exodus. When you go to Numbers and Deuteronomy, you start at the back of the book. Every 11th, every 11th letter in, suppose a successive letter, I love him. Excuse me. <laughs> Another letter of his name. His, his name is just so beautiful. And then um, Genesis, Leviticus, it's every seventh letter. You, you, see, we're not just talking about a book to get ideas from. The living, 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 beautiful, powerful God, these are his words. So 
This is interesting now, okay? So, um, factors of seven. So, I'm just going to read it, and you can try to read it up there if you can, okay? So, this verse contains seven words. These seven words contain 28 letters, seven times four. The opening phrase, in the beginning, God, contains 14, 17 by seven, seven times two letters. And the last phrase of um, the heavens and the earth contains 14, seven times two letters. In the second phrase, the sub, the sub two phrases, um, the heavens and the earth, each contain seven letters each. Three concrete nouns, Elohim, heaven, um, heavens, and the earth, each have seven, have seven letters each, and the four remaining words contain 14 letters, seven times two. Gematria, um, you know, like, like ancient um, Latin, um, the, the letters also represented numbers. So that's what gematria is. They take the numbers, um, and, they, and they, so that's what that is. So the gematria of the middle and last letters added together come up to 100, 132, which is 733, which is seven times 19. The gematria of all the first and last letters of each of these seven words is 1393, which is seven times 199. The first and last letters of the first and last words, seven times 71. All of the words between the first and the last words have a gematria of 896, which is two to the seventh power times seven. Um, the gematria of the repeated articles, um, we get 406, which is 7 times 58. So if you begin with the first Torah, the first Tav, which is, you know, uh, the first letter in Torah, and the final letter, and you skip every 49 letters, 7 times 7, the word Torah is spelled out. If you begin with the Yod, which is the, the Hebrew letter, and count every 521st letter, the name Yeshua is spelled out. These are his own words. These are his own words. These aren't the words of rabbis. These are, the, these are his own words. Okay? Now, there's another other interesting thing. I showed this to Jamie, but I, I couldn't find the picture, so I had to just do it this way, okay? Um, if, you go to, if you go to... It's, of course, in Hebrew. It's not in English, okay? Because <laughs> you know that... Hebrew is the language of creation, right? Do you know that? Mm -hmm. Okay, because before that, the universal language was Aramaic. And then Papa showed Abraham that the language he used to create from was what we call Hebrew, okay? So, so this is in Hebrew, not in English. So if you turn to Exodus 14, 19 through 21 in Hebrew, okay, you start at verse 19, the first verse, you go to the last verse, verse 20, and the first verse of um, 21, spells out a name of God. If you go to the second verse, second to last verse, second verse, it spells out another name of God. So what I did, instead of having a, these are the names, those are the names of God that are spelled out in these verses, each of these three verses, which is also interesting, each of those three verses have 72 letters in them. Wow. First, last, first, second, second in, second all the way through until you get to the end, okay? So in addition to some of the things that we've seen before, um, there's, there's just a beautiful, beautiful aspect to just uh, reiterate to us that what, what we're talking about here is not um, any book. It's not just books. It's, not, it's certainly not different books written about God, 
but they're his own words. And that's why we see the holy men of God wrote as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I slipped and said, I'm trying not to, well, it's, Hebrew doesn't have an it. It only has a he and a she. The Holy Spirit in Aramaic is called she. I read the translation of Aramaic into English. That's all I read. And so I kind of got used to saying she in my mind. So if I just blew your mind, you can call, you can call her a he, it's okay. But they don't have an it. So it's not the Holy Spirit it. It's a she. And it, it's always been that. Okay, now. Did I just do something I shouldn't have done? You could stop me, okay? You don't have to agree with anything. You don't have to agree with me, okay? <laughs> do you have that, that chart in English? Those I, I, I can. I could get it. I, I don't have it with me, but I could get it. The names are stunning. They're totally stunning. See, I have to truncate stuff. See, see, I would do that. Yeah, see, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> They have to stop. <laughs> and, and my other question is, I wrote in my, my questions here, okay. your referral of the Holy Spirit as a she. I never heard that until this right. night. And, uh, right. and it's, an, it's Aramaic that reveals that to you. And also Hebrew. And Hebrew. But that was my next question. Right. Because Hebrew is the language that God decided yes. to create. So it relates to the Holy Spirit as a she in Hebrew as well. Right. right, which carries more weight but, with me, right. right? Because it's God's sure. And then think, think. This is this is the way the Jews taught what they called the triad: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, we call it the Trinity. Some of the things that I've read about the Trinity, I don't even know where they got it from. But we're not going to discuss that tonight. But I can give you a kind of a brief view of how it all of, of how because you know Elohim is plural, right? Hero, Israel, right? Yahweh, your Elohim. Yahweh, your gods. Yahweh, your gods are one. Because there's not three separate gods. Okay? So here's how it's explained. I love you, Papa. Before he creates anything, Papa thinks about it. I want it to look like this. I want it to look like this. I want it to look like this. I want this to happen when this takes place. I want that to happen when that takes place. I want this star to be this size. I want this tree to grow this tall. Everything was, he's infinite. And he has stuff that there's no way we could grasp. And he thought it all out. And then the next thing he did was he sent out his word. And when he spoke his word, the she performed it. If a guy's living on a farm and he's out, you know, tilling the ground, he asks his wife to do something, she does it. So father, son is the word. It's also, it's also referred to as the, only, the one and only begotten son of God. That's his word. And then the Holy Spirit is the one that performs it. 
If you look up Holy Spirit, you'll see that the Holy Spirit is not just an entity floating around somewhere. I hate to say that, Papa, I'm sorry. That's not who she is. The Holy Spirit is, is tasked by God to perform the works of God in the, in the realm of men. It's not passive, it's actually active. So when you start to think about words, like God uses words like nature, he uses words like nurture. I can nurture God and God can nurture me. And we start to understand this aspect. It's, it's totally interrelated. They're not separate beings in that sense. Um, when, um, when, he, when he came you know, to take care of Sodom and Gomorrah with uh, Abraham there, um, in Hebrew, they appeared as three, three angels. And they spoke in unison. But the angel of Yahweh... has in that angel the nature and the essence of God. So he's revealing himself. See your Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all of them, because they heard the cry that was going, that had reached the heavens. The amount of pain that was going on in those cities reached the heavens, and he comes down to find out what to you know, it's going to be legal. But he's letting Abraham know. The Father and the Holy Spirit are one. Right. It's like a husband and wife become one. Yeah. That's what it's based on. I know. I do. Right, right. That's it. And then, sure. And then you've got... The two um, shall be one. The two shall be one. They that know their God will be strong and do exploits. Same word as Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare a son. We're, we're talking about a level of int intimacy we never talked about. We're not talking about a marriage union, but that's why you just love Solomon so much. He gave us that book. You know, there's, there's the song of the universe, Perak Shirah, and there's um, Shir HaShirim, the song of songs. The, the, the entire universe is singing. Everything. The grasses sing, the roosters sing. We can just, all of a sudden, we can just, uh, I used to pray that. It took me 45 minutes. The rooster says this. I'm quoting the scripture because it's in the scripture. The rooster says this. The grass says that. I did that, you know, because I thought it was very cool. And then something's missing. There's no song of man in that. And that song of man, Solomon, the song of songs, us and God are like this. We're not, we're not casual acquaintances. Uh-uh. We're, you know, all these ideas that people, have, you know, whatever, whatever, we're not going to even get into that. But he's talking about a level of int intimacy that the close, so when he makes us to be married, he's got that in mind. To give us an idea, when you're married to someone, you're sharing thoughts. When Debbie and I were first together, we've, we didn't just finish each, we could like look at each other and talk. One day I was looking at her, and, and she goes, get out of my head. <laughs> right? Because there's that closeness. So he's given us that picture. Of course, it's, it's way more intimate with him because he just really knows us well. <laughs> and he, he's totally head over heels in love with us. Totally. Right? I've, I've had some d very dark times in my life, and he never abandoned me. And I've met my angel, and heaven knows how big he is. And um, after I met him, and he told me his name, I was talking for, 
Should I say this on this or should I not? Go for it. It's too late. I just said it. You said it. It's too late. So, um, so I'm talking to him. And I just, you know, I love him. And I feel loved by him. So I, I love him. I said, you know, I just want to tell you how thankful I am for for you being with me and all the things that you've done for me. And I just really appreciate it. And he fires back my sense of humor. And he goes, it hasn't, it hasn't always been easy with you, Bruce. <laughs> right? But he stayed with me. And he's an angel. How much more has Papa stayed with me? When, um, because all of us in this room, you have an angel. It's been assigned to you. He was assigned to you um, before you were born. And what they like to do is they like to come in and touch, touch mama's belly. And they even kiss mama's belly because they're so excited about the day you're born. And they've been with you your entire life. Isn't he loving? Don't you just love him? He's just like head over heels in love with him. You can't. You want to say you can't help it, but he gives you free will. But still, you know what I mean? He's like he's so loving. Okay, so, um, so we got that. Now I'm gonna try to get that for you. Before I go, I think I, I think I should be able to have access to it. Um, okay, so we talked about Papa, so we can understand what we're doing. We don't have the right to just come up with any kind of. Bible interpretation of this, that, or the other thing, it's got, it's got to come from the root, okay? So um, we have seen a lot of olive trees in the last 2,000 years. Different Christian religions, they're wild olive trees. They look like they're an olive tree, but they're wild because they're, they're not connected to the root, okay? Oh, that's a good point. Three or four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. And, and we, and we can, we can we, see that... But can you, can you see how safe he made it for us? He made it safe for us. Because it, there's people that are influential speakers, and they right. could convince you of something that's not true. But it's not in the root. <laughs> it's not in the root. The root's what bears us. We don't bear the root. We don't tell the root what it's supposed to do. Oh, you guys should do this, and you guys should. No, because we're part of that tree. We've been grafted in. Well, I think, too, that, you know, we are big on ideas. You know, that's the Greek thought that has that permeates our modern culture so we think of things and create based on our ideas and a lot of that has come into doctrine teachings and things like that and what happens is we have a lot of really good ideas that are christian sounding but they've forgotten the root which is the scripture and the in hebrew you know what god revealed to us so you know we can always do like a heresy hunt, you know, but that's not. <laughs> we're not. We're not doing about, that. We're not talking you know, about because, that. Yeah. Because here's the thing. <laughs> it's a heresy be, hunt. That was good. <laughs> we have a safe. It's safe in Him. You're safe in in Christ. You know, I think one of the biggest fears, especially if you've been around a lot, is I'm afraid I'm going to be deceived. <laughs> well, guess what's going to happen if you're afraid you're going to be deceived? You will be deceived. You might be deceived. Yeah. But we have a safe guide, the Holy Spirit, who's in us, who leads us into the truth. And so, you know, what, what his dad is saying here is that, you know, when we go back to the roots of where we came from, the roots of, of the actual words that are spoken, because words are important, you know, the, the, the meaning of the words, and we could sit and fiddle around with words here and there, but you can get the heart of what God's saying when you look at the original word of, what it, of what's being said there. So, you know, without going like, 
crazy. I mean, we can always sit around and pick away at people's teachings, but yeah. that doesn't usually get you anywhere other than right, to be right. like, hey, I just picked away at that teaching, you know. Yeah, so, right. But, you know, it's good because ideas are important, but what's more important is God's thoughts, you know, and that's, right. and that's what we're saying here is, is that the scriptures are revealing to us what God actually thinks because these are his words. So. Right. And um, it's it's a rich, beautiful history that we have. That's why Paul said, this is this is beautiful. He goes, you know, he's talking about, this is beautiful, you know. And so we, and we have that rich history. That, that's not left the word, world. I'll, well, we can end this with this. Paul was dealing with, I think in 1 Corinthians, he was dealing with uh, why some people... Um, are reluctant to be around Jews and why they, they were having like this trouble with it. And he said it was this. He said it's the commands in the commandment. They made up commands that God did not make up and they put it on the people. Okay? So the, um, for example, you want to say every day, um, Hero Yisrael, Yahweh your Elohim, Yahweh is one. Well, what's the earliest you can say it on any day? Okay, this rabbi thinks it's this time, and this rabbi thinks it's this time. How many times during a day should you say that? Well, this rabbi thinks, thinks three. This rabbi thinks, thinks six times. See, it's a command. There are commands inside the commandment. He didn't do that. So when we... Paul, Jesus rebuked it as a false doctrine, being under the law. It's a false doctrine. The Jews were not under the law till the time of Ezra. They started making the commands then, inside the law, at that, at that time period, okay? So, before that, they just were Hebrews, they loved God, and they just, you know, it was like that. Uh, but after that, then they started making all kinds of rules and regulations, and then that's where that... Jesus described it as being under the law. Paul called it being under the law. And, but it was a false doctrine. It was always been a false doctrine. But Jesus went to the leaders and said, Hey, hey, y'all. <laughs> the law, man was not made for the law. The law was made for man. <laughs> you, you just put everybody under the law. It wasn't designed for that. It's a teaching for you to understand things about God and how to treat each other, right? Because in the law, you're going to find out my neighbor, his trash keeps coming in my yard, so I burned his house down. <laughs> and the law says, don't burn, don't burn your neighbor's house down because trash is in your yard. <laughs> Did you get that? Okay, so that, that's how we learn. Okay, so. Did I just grow another head or anything right here? You're kind of looking at me like that. Okay, so... Very compressed a lot of stuff. Okay. <laughs> it's great though. Now we're, we're recording this, as you know, so if you so want to review it again later, they may have to edit it. I don't know. So there's a lot here. Okay. Now what I did up there, just for fun, the weird-looking words at the end, in English on the left side are the Hebrew words for what those are. Okay. Uh, and the reason I did it is. Um, because of what's at the end. So there's four levels of interpretation of the scriptures. This is our root. Okay? This is the way it's always been, and this is our root. Okay? So there's Peshat, there's Remez, there's Drash, which you've ever heard of, Mid Midrash, and then there's Sod. 
Okay? Now, the reason I do this, because if you take these words in Hebrew, because they like to do stuff like this, um, and you add vowels to it. So instead of it just being um, uh, pruds, if you add vowels, it's parades. And that word means garden, orchard, paradise. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, baby. When you can understand the scripture in that level, it's definitely a paradise there. Okay? So the first, the first level of, of interpreting the scriptures is referred to as the plain meaning. Okay? Um, to get that meaning, you do the customary uses of the words. You look at the literary style. You look at the historical, cultural setting. Um, also the context. And this is actually the keystone of scripture understanding. You can't discard this. Okay? Now what I found out in my life is that uh, Christians fight other Christians over the plain meaning. Because they don't know how to find the plain meaning. Right. And their, their, their definition of the plain meaning is based on what they think it means. <laughs> when, imagine my surprise, you know. So I get delivered. My pastor says, sends me to Bible college. He said, it's going to be taught by pastors. You, they'll be able to pray there. And it's like, it was like telling me, telling the dog sick of him. You know, it's like, I get to go someplace and just pray. Yes. Right. So uh, imagine my surprise when my friend, we're talking about something, and he, said, he starts telling me about two ministers he knew that were fighting over a certain doctrine. And he, he knew he was like in the other room or something. Somehow he knew the words that they were saying to each other. And, um, and he said, Bruce, it got really heated. And then one of the ministers hit the other, and they got into a fist fight over doctrine. So maybe they don't get into a physical fist fight. Maybe they do it emotionally. Maybe they try to cut you off because you disagree with them. Because if everybody does this, if they know how to reach this, the plain meaning, we're not going to have any arguments in Christianity. But if I think that my idea is stronger than yours, maybe I'll fight you over it. Just like these, these are two guys. You, you heard it from Bruce first. But two ministers were fighting over an interpretation of the Bible. What's going on? <laughs> right? Okay. So that's the plain meaning. That's necessary to have. Brother, Brother Hagen, of course, teaches this also. So if you've read any of his writings, he has that in there. Um, but, that, but this is our root. You see, this is where this comes from. This is our root. So when you read the scripture, you, you're going to get the plain meaning. So, for example, um, Abraham uh, took Isaac... Um, into the desert. That's the plain meaning. Okay? That's it. That's the plain meaning. Okay? It's just, what does it say? But you're going to use the customary use of words, right? There's going to be some kind of literary style you'll be able to recognize, okay? How John writes is different than how Matthew writes. They have a literary style if you want to talk about it like that. That's going to help you understand it. Um, if you understand, you know, um, where Yeshua was telling them about them ruling the world, and he said, um, whatever you loose will be loose, and whatever you um, bind. bind, whatever you bind will be bound, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven, you're thinking, I did the whole doctrine of binding and loosing, and I tell you, I bound things, and I loose things, and I did all that, and then you find out, well, you know what it is? <laughs> bind means, loose means, allow it, 
and bind means you don't allow it. <laughs> it's a. Oh, uh, it's a simile. No, uh, yeah, it's you know it, it's it, you know if I say you know that just really. Uh, I'm trying to. I hear some words that I shouldn't say in public because people say yeah. Um, up north, up you know, uh, in south, in, up you know, in in the south, you could say, uh, "I'm beat on my feet." And that doesn't mean that someone beat you. That means you're tired, right? right. So whatever the word is for that, yeah. which I can't think euphemism. of right now, yeah, a, a euphemism is over something that's negative. But um, but anyway, so understanding that will help you. Okay, when when Jesus said they'll they'll handle snakes, there's a church in Georgia. It's got two thousand people, and you know what they do every so often? They bring in rattlesnakes in gigantic boxes, and people have to put their hands in. And if you get bit and died up, too bad. You didn't have enough faith. Because they don't know handle snakes. What's a snake? You know what a snake is in a dream. What is it? It's a lie. We're going to handle snakes. They're not going to overcome us. We're going to overcome them. Do you see? If you don't know that, you can't even get the plain meaning. Does that make sense? I hope I'm making sense yeah. to you. I'm really trying. <laughs> well, you have, you have, yeah, you have like um, cultural context of uh -huh. all of the scripture, and there were common words used at that time. And sometimes people have like um, an interesting one, which which I always I love this one from Aramaic was um, it's easier for for a rich man to 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 enter through with the eye of a needle, right? Is it then? A, uh, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And if you look at the Aramaic for that word, it's, it's rope. It's rope, and not camel. It's easier for a rope to, <laughs> to go, go through, through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that makes a lot more sense yeah. because so then you go to Israel and camel. they're like, well, yeah. this is where the camel would go through the eye of the needle, which there may have been one of those places. But if you look at the Aramaic, the word is rope. Well, how do you get a rope? To go through an eye of a needle, you, you can't. Yeah, because it has it have to be unraveled. And his definition yeah. of rich is not blessed, because you can be a millionaire and be blessed. He's not right. talking about that. He's talking about people that love money. That love money. It's right. love it. You have to let right? that love go. That's you have to let right. that love go. You can yep. still be wealthy, but you can't love it. Right. You, right. you, you know, but that, that kind of love's reserved for poverty. Right. So that's all plain meaning stuff when right, you're looking right. at scriptures and you're interpreting words and you're looking at what it means in its context and whether this is an expression. That they used at that time right it could be something that they used at the time that you you're basically just saying hey mm -hmm. you know everybody used to say this and you study it out you can get this plain meaning uh, because we have lots of good books that tell us these sure. things <laughs> and then, then stuff's really clear you know you're right. reading it's like whoa that's pretty cool right yeah. instead of like i can't tell you the number of articles i read about camel going through the eye of a needle uh well they think that this gate, because it was so low, was considered the eye of the needle, and the, the camels had to duck down to go through it. No, that's not the word, actually. So we found out that the word is rope. Okay, but, but anyway, yeah. yeah. So, um, but what we're talking about is that's the cultural aspect that, that we were unaware of, and that helps us. Now, you can still get his point. Right. Even if you thought it was a camel trying to go through the eye of the needle, you still get his point. But it's all of a sudden really clear when you realize the guy that translated it out of Aramaic didn't know what the what that word meant, and he just made it camel in Greek. So that's the first level. That's the plain meaning. The second level is referred to as hinting. It's also an allegory. In other words, 
In this, in this verse, or these verses, there's another meaning that's alluded, alluded to in the text. Okay? So what this is going to be is a cross-reference to other texts. Okay? So, um, Abraham takes Isaac, his son, into the desert. He gets to a certain place. Taking him into the desert to offer an offering to Yahweh. He gets to a certain place, and his son says to him, Dead. Where's the offering? And Abraham says, Yahweh will provide himself a lamb. And then he looks over, and there's a ram stuck in the thicket, and he offers that. It was a ram and not a lamb. Hmm, I wonder what that means. See how it's hinting at something? Because he did provide himself a lamb. He came in the body of Yeshua as the lamb of God. Sucked our sin into him, right? So that's, that's remez. That's a hinting or an allegory, okay? Then there's drash. Yeshua did a lot of drash. Um, it's teaching, it's exp exposition, okay? Now, what we're talking about here is relating texts to other texts, okay? So you have to start off with the plain meaning to know how to do that, because that's kind of like the keystone of it, right? Um, and then you've got this hinting, but you're going to be comparing it to other texts, okay? Same with drash. It's uh, exposition, it's moral, it's more, you know, poetic. It's kind of like a sermon. It's kind of like a sermon, but... You, you can't lose Peshat. You can't lose the plain meaning. You can't have some kind of a teaching or an exposition in which you lose the plain meaning. Okay? And again, what we're talking about now is comparing verses to verses. So it's not open to... Pro that's what it means. See, the prophecies back then were very vague. And, um, and since the, the people that made the prophecies... Um, knew that there were no gods um, and somebody one of the kings comes and says I want to know if I'm a living god um, they have to find a way to say it in a, in a way that's kind of iffy uh, depends on how much money they give them and then they do some kind of thing um, you probably remember in uh, Athens was uh, they, they consulted these, these girls and the girls said this statement one general thought it meant stay in Athens, and one general thought it said leave Athens. The group that stayed in Athens was completely destroyed. The group that left, they were saved. Same prophecy, private interpretation, because it's not from the spirit of Yahweh. I feel like I lost everything. Did you think? You think wait. Okay, you probably don't, you don't know about that. Anyway, you just learned something new, okay? <laughs> Okay, so now this is this is it right here. It's the I wrote it in capital letters because it looks like sod, and I didn't want you to pronounce it sod. I wanted to make sure you knew it's pronounced sod. Okay, <laughs> so if you look it up, it's gonna look like sod, but it's pronounced sod. Okay, that's why I put it in capitals. Okay, this is a level of interpretation that has to do with the hidden, the secret, and the mystic. It's the highest level of interpreting the word of God. 
Okay, so you get an example. Um, the dragon, that's, okay, it's an image, it's a picture. The whore of Babylon, clearly hidden, secret, right? Uh, the number 666, also, you see? So what we're talking about here, Sod is the highest level of understanding the word of God because those are his secrets, right? Um, you got a car sitting in your driveway, you're not going to teach your three-year-old how to drive it. Hopefully. <laughs> right? You have to wait till they're ready, till they're prepared to be able to do it. Okay? So, um, what, we're, what we're talking about here is to be a priest, you have to memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So we're not talking about people that just, they're not butchers and butchering animals. They're involved with the word of God. Every single day they're involved with it. Okay? So now we're understanding that there's higher levels of, of understanding God. All of them are good. <laughs> but I'm mentioning so because, well, I'll do the because after this one because yes. I thought this was going to be the one. Now, just to clarify, the, the levels of interpretation are this is this is the way that the that the rabbis do interpretation of scripture, or this is right. Yeah, right. Um, there's levels. <clears throat> um, the, the the there was a man named Hillel. Um, his grandson was Gamaliel. You, you know about him in the Bible. And then his son was Nathaniel. He's the one that interrupted when Jesus was having, being circumcised. He's the guy that interrupted him. That was his son. He went over and prophesied over him. He said, Yahweh told me that I would stay alive and my eyes would see the Messiah and he's the Messiah. Hillel was a man that influenced Israel so deeply because of his, his love and his, his, of the word and his ability to explain it to everybody. So what we're talking about is not just a bunch of whatever. They're deeply involved with the word, right? Now, once they were taken over by the leaven of Herod and, and the leaven of the Pharisees, they stopped being involved with the word. They were involved with other things. But, okay, so now we talk about Sod. We're talking about the, the mysteries of God. See, I kind of like secrets. They're the same. It's the same thing. But, see, like, we watch mysteries on and they can be solved. You just have to have enough effort. But a mystery of God is not explained to anybody except by God. <laughs> right? That's why we have, I love it, spirit of Yahweh, spirit of wisdom and revelation. Right? That's why we have that. Because he's the one that shows us. And what he's showing us is based on all these three before it. It's not completely different. Okay? All scripture can be interpreted in this way in some way or another. Can other uh, form, other things be interpreted in that way? Like viewing it through God, like, like I don't know how to describe like, other, I don't know, other, um, is it just God's word that could be interpreted in this way? 
That's what we're talking about, sure. Because the difference is that God's word, his name and his essence is in it. <laughs> okay? So, it, so I could say, man, I'm bushed. Well, I didn't turn into a bush, but man, I'm bushed, right? That's not the same as Papa talking, because now he's got four levels he can, he can show you. Because he's God. <laughs> but maybe this one's only going to ever be plain. A shot. It's a plain shot. meaning. Yep. Because at whatever level yep. a man is See, you, you, in his spiritual yeah. walk, yeah. you don't you don't lose, lose him. You never lose it. Never. Process. Yeah. Uh -huh. God, God works it out where it's all related. You can yeah. Take it at the level that you're at, it. You, mm -hmm. and it may mean this to me, and this to you, and this to you, and all three are correct. Right. But it never loses. It's plain meaning, right? That's a big deal. Right, it is, yeah. That's a big deal. Okay, so um, now we're going to ask the question, why is there four Gospels? I need to go back to that page. Okay. At the, at the bottom, <laughs> it says, add vowels. I, I, I know okay. you said that earlier. Okay, I'll, I'll explain it to you. Hebrew, the block Hebrew, they, took, they don't have vowels in it. So um, when you see... Yud hey vav hey. There's no vowels in it. So by taking the vowels out, you can't pronounce his name unless you know what the vowels are. But they but they don't need to know the vowels. So a lot of newspapers in Israel today don't even have the vowels in it. They just have the the block letters, okay? Because they know what the word is. So um, they can add the vowels. So if you add the vowels to P R D S. After the P, you put an A. After an R D, you you put an E, and then there's an S. Then you have um, Pardes. So that that's kind of a way of remembering um, the levels of interpretation. And you're and you're remembering, and it's like a garden, it's an orchard, it's a paradise, because we're talking about the words of God, and there's these levels. Okay. Now the reason I'm sharing that with you is because we want to ask. Why do dreams have symbols? Why doesn't he just prophesy to us? And there you have it. You got it. You just got it, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Can you see, how, see what we're doing? We're staying with the root. We're not just doing opinion. We're, we're in the root right now, and, and you felt the oil. We're, we're in the root, and there's oil. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so, why is there four Gospels then? Shouldn't we just have one? Okay, so, um, because they are written on all the levels of Hebraic understanding. Okay, Matthew was written in drash, parables, allegory. You know they're all different. You've read them, right? Mark was written in pashat, plain, literal, literal simplicity. Luke was written more in remez, kind of hinting at things. And then John... No one will ever disagree with that. He wrote in sowed. <laughs> John is like, <laughs> he starts off with, in the beginning, <laughs> there was Elohim, and, then, and there was the son, and he was with him. He's always with him, and he's him. And, he's, and you're like, <laughs> at first, the first time you read it, like, what am I reading here, right? Okay, so, and then, of course, you have the book of Revelation that the entire book is sowed. The whole thing is sowed. 
Okay? Now, when I say sowed, I mean the highest level. Right. And it's, it's the revelation of God that brings it to you, and he's bringing it to you through other scriptures. Okay? So the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation, you know, keep this in mind. Wisdom only comes from the mouth of God. Life experience does not give you wisdom. Life experience is just life experience. A number of years ago, our, our, uh, our county was cleaning up all the, all the drugs that people were making, I'll put it that way. And when they would bust it, they'd put the guy's picture on the front of the newspaper. All the guys that they captured, they put them on the front of the newspaper. And these guys are 60, they're 70. They've used this drug so much that their teeth have fallen out. And they put him on the front page. You'd think that a 70-year-old man would be wise enough not to make a drug that could kill the baby that's in the next room. <laughs> he had a lot of experience, but zip wisdom. <laughs> okay? I made the, that made the point, right? Okay? So age does not give you wisdom. Age gives you experience. And if you're getting the wrong experience, you probably don't want to have that anyway. But wisdom comes from the mouth of God, okay? Revelation, you've, you may, probably everybody in this room probably has had a time, and all of a sudden you just understood something about the Bible. You're like, whoa, where did that come from? There's, there's times, you know, Debbie's my wife. Deb, Debbie and I sometimes just, we borrow the computer term, it's a download. You're sitting there all of a sudden, it took five seconds. But to explain it takes 15 minutes. <laughs> It's the spirit of revelation. Okay? So, point, um, an interesting thing about the book of Revelation being written and sowed, that, you know, if you see that now, um, it doesn't lose the Peshat. And this is, right. this is my beef <laughs> with a lot of Revelation interpretation is when they interpret Revelation as if they forgot the entire rest of the Bible when they interpret it. <laughs> and I am like, I know that can't mean that because yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. why, you know, when you look at it that way, you know, and a lot of pastors don't even bother with Revelation. They bring in a pro, you know. But I looked at it, and I'm always like, why, you know. But once, you know, you're seeing what, we're you know, what Dad's teaching here, the sowed and the mystery and the symbols, you'll start to understand why things are like this. It's, right. it's amazing. It a lot of people try to interpret the book of Revelation with Peshat, with, right. with just literal. Right. There's a literal person called the Antichrist. There's a literal this and a literal that. And you go through the rest of the scriptures, you can't find it anywhere else. Right. So it can't, it can't mean what you thought. Okay, so anyway. Yeah. This is Revela That's just a side thing. We're not it's doing Revelation. We're not doing Revelation. We're not doing Revelation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I think I covered this already. Okay, so... We want to understand this. So, in ancient Hebrew, Papa's name would be Yahuwah. In ancient Hebrew, Yeshua's name would be um, Yahusha. See how they're alike? Now, I have um, documentation that that is um, been proven from the time of Rome in which they got some copies of, of the things that the Sanhedrin were addressing for the country. And one of those things they were addressing was the fact that Yeshua said Yahweh. They weren't allowed to say his name, but Yeshua said Yahweh. 
and they were furious. So when he said, I reveal my name to you, to the disciples, he did. He said it. They didn't say it. The Jewish leaders didn't say it. Yeshua said it because I love him. He's the son. He's Papa. It's all Papa, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, technically speak. But he's showing us how he does it. And we do the same thing. When you want to create something that's never been created by you before, you sit down and you think about it. And then you talk it. And then you perform it. But all of this is God, and he's given it to us in a way that we, we, we can grasp that. We can totally grasp. Uh, but, of course, he does things a lot stronger than us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, this is a lot, so I'm just going to summarize it. <laughs> I put it up there to see if, if like, I could, like, uh, <laughs> so it's too much. So we'll, we'll, we'll cut it down a little so you don't say Bruce, what were you thinking that you were going to put all those words on the screen at the same time? Okay, so um, let's see. When Mo you remember when Moses was putting the clip? Now the word in the word in Aramaic is uh, for um, the word in Aramaic for for uh, the word of God is milta, and the word in Hebrew. Is Memra. The, the Jews have the Bible written in Hebrew and in Aramaic. In their services, they read Hebrew twice and Aramaic once. And I'll give you a difference in translation. In, in Hebrew, where it says that God um, formed coats of skins for Adam and Eve, in Aramaic, it says he, he created coats of honor. So we, now we got this beautiful picture now. So whatever coats of skin he used, they were, he gave them coats of honor, okay? So we, so we have that. So what, I'm, what we see here now is that throughout the Word of God, I didn't give you all of it, but I can give you a couple here. Throughout the Word of God, um, we have this reference, because John said it, in the beginning was word. the Word, memory. The beginning was that, and the Word was of God, and the Word was God, okay? So... When Moses was put in the cleft of the rock, okay, it says that the memory, his word, covered, God's word covered um, Moses' face while Yahweh walked by. Okay, the memory, the word. Okay, um, so I talked about Papa's essence and nature is in his name. The Jews had, had, his, they had seen so many demonstration of God's power. And um, we're going to talk about them going into the land now. And there's going to be, there's giants in that land. And, and for some reason, see, God considers what we call Israel, Jerusalem. He considers that that's his favorite place on the planet. He just loves that place. And so all these, all these people will come and just fight and be there. <laughs> okay, so when they're going to the land, there's all these people that are in the land. They didn't go into a land um, that was just like, oh, this is nice. Hmm. There's people that are living there because they were sent there to, to try to mess up stuff, right? So 
So they're worried about going into there. They're like, okay, this is the promised land. I know there's going to be milk and honey there because, you know, they're, they're shepherds and stuff. So milk and honey, that's, what does that mean? That's awesome. We're going to have great big herds of cattle. You know, it's, this is going to be awesome, right? So they're, they're thinking that. And then there's giants and there's this and there's that. And they're like, huh? And then Moshe says, um, the angel of Yahweh, which is the word of God, because there's, there's the angel of Yahweh that there's angels. Okay? The angel of Yahweh is Yahweh himself. He looks like an angel. Okay? And then Moses says this. The angel of Yahweh will go before you and they started dancing for joy because they, and he said, and my name, and his, and the name of Yahweh will be in him. The name of Yahweh was not some kind of I can't say it like that, can I? It wasn't just some kind of an idea. They saw the power that the name of Yahweh performed for them. So when he says the word of Yahweh is going to be in him, his name is going to be in him, in, in, that, in that the angel has the word of God, when his name is going to be in him, they're like, ha, huh, we're good then. <laughs> we're all good. His name's in it. His, his essence, his nature is in that. Oh, we're good. Yeah, you see? So um, they understood that. Um, like, whenever you say his name, we could, if we want to do it now, we could do it now. Understand that when you say Yeshua, his name and his nature was just expressed in this room. When you lay hands on the sick and you say in the name of Yeshua, his nature and his essence is in that name and they get healed. Providing they have trust. When Yeshua was, uh, they have a word called Talmudim in Hebrew. And the definition of Talmudim is, I walk in the dust of my rabbi. That's different than a disciple. We were taught the disciples were just people that were disciplined and they wanted to learn. But it's not that. They want to see everything up. They want everything that that, that, that man has. And they're just going to be with him. Well, he had 5,000 Talmudim that followed him everywhere. He can't go on vacation. They show up in the, in the desert, mm. right? So they start telling all their friends that the Messiah's here and he heals because they, he they all knew he was the Messiah and he heals, okay? So he can't lay hands on thousands of people. So in, in Aramaic, he stuck his hands out like this and he just walked through them. Because they had trust, we could say faith, as long as we have the same definition, but if I say trust, that'll probably make sense, that no matter what anybody's been taught, they had trust that he healed. He didn't have to touch him, he didn't have to say anything. He just spread his, and sometimes they just reach over and pull his clothes like that, mm -hmm. right? All he's doing is just walking through him like this, and they're all, everybody that's sick is healed. See the difference? Okay, so because he's the word, He's demonstrating the word of God. The essence and nature of Yahweh is in him, right? So, well, am I getting too demonstrative? I might be, I don't know, okay. So, then you've got the seven spirits of, of Yahweh, and um, so we got that, all right. Mm -hmm. Now. No, no, we didn't got that. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Seven spirits. 
Okay. When uh, when Yeshua was baptized, this is what this this they let Papa let them see that because he's the Messiah, right? The wise men they came from Daniel's court from from all those prophecies. They knew the exact year that he would be born. That's why when they showed up, they thought that Herod was going. Yeah, this is great. They knew. Everybody that was in, in the whole nation knew they were looking for the Messiah because they knew that he was in the nation somewhere, right? So, um, so when it's time for him to be declared to the world, John points it out because John's been the one that prepared the way for Yeshua, okay? He prepared him. Otherwise, he's just a guy standing out there. But John's saying, look, you know, confess your sin, you know, because they're doing nasty stuff. Right? If you're doing nasty stuff, you, you, it's kind of hard to understand some things about God, right? So just take care of it. So he's preparing them, and, they, and, and the level of faith is growing. The level of trust is growing and growing and growing. And when Yeshua was baptized, the Holy, Holy Spirit came down in a physical form to John and landed on him. And it was these, these seven spirits. Right? So he was so that, to to show them because this is who Yahweh is. I know. I can read. I know. I can't see the bottom. I know. Okay. And there they are. There they are. Oh, who they are? Yeah. Okay. Now we talked about last night that dreams are a mystical state, right? We talked about the fact that Adam was made, I mean, Eve was made from Adam when God put him in a trance. And out of, out of that trance state, he made the woman. The entire human race. We want to use the word race because everybody's using race. God would never use the word race. All of humans, all the sons of Adam, they're all mystical in nature. All of us. That's why you dream every night. And you're dreaming in sowed. You're not dreaming in Peshat. He's talking to every human being. He's crafting dreams for every human being on the planet. And he's bypassing everything. And he's giving us the mysteries. Mysteries that, that you can learn about your life. You have questions and he's got symbols to show you the answer. Okay? So, so receiving revelation is a mystical state. Receiving plain knowledge is not. <laughs> nope. That's the same as this, this kind of feels like wood. Is it wood or is it plastic? Well, plain knowledge is fine. Plain, plain knowledge is fine, but what, when we're talking about um, receiving revelation, we're not getting revelation from the from a plain state. It's okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a different level, right? Thanks for making that clear. I mean, okay. we don't we're want good. to down. We don't want to down play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure, because People we have to have too. a shot or forget <laughs> about it, right? Yeah. Okay. We all need plain knowledge, especially nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. Um, Every night, Papa's crafting dreams for everyone, regardless of their religion, social status, environment, whatever, okay? They dream, whether they realize it or not. We talked about that last night, because Job said, they may not know it. But you're dreaming every night. You say, I don't dream, you just don't know it. And if you want to realize that you dream, write down the, the first dream you remember. And then, the next one, write it down. And then you'll become more aware of your dreams, and you'll, and you'll realize that 
that's when you'll realize he's talking to me every night. Right? Okay, so. It's good. Yeah, and you're telling yourself that that's important. Right, you got that too. You, yeah. you shred information all the time. That's coming out of your spirit because you said, nope. So you shredded it. And dreams are one of those things they shred. Well, like yeah. you said, disappearing ink. Yeah. But it, when you write it down, honoring it. you're yeah. honoring it. You're, and honoring you're it. remembering it. And you're telling yourself, this is important. You know, when you write things down, you're telling yourself, this is important. You have a, what? A to-do list. This is important. Right, right. If you do to-do lists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do exactly. <laughs> Okay, so um, I'll skip that and I'll do this. Okay, so the true meaning of a, of, of a dream can be known because Papa sent his word to accomplish it. Okay, so we know that dreams do not come from demons. Dreams do not come from you imagining things about your life. According to Job, he's talking, Papa is talking to everybody in dreams. What about, what about nightmares with demons in them? As long as you're not being held down, if you're being held down when you're having a dream, you're having, there's a, that's a demonic attack on you, right? But if you're not being held down, he's showing you what you're afraid of. And what drives out your fear? Mature love. You're just like, Oh, I was afraid of that. Oh, thank you for showing me that. I love you so much. <laughs> okay? Because you don't, you don't get dreams any other way besides him. Now, if you're in drugs, that's not a dream. Right. <laughs> okay? <laughs> or just something that's clear. All right. Yeah. And he, you fall into the sleep. Yeah. Okay? That's a trance state. You're in a tra when you're dreaming, you're in a trance state. Talked about it last night. Yeah. Thanks for reminding us, Bruce. Okay, good. <laughs> when, I don't know if you're going to talk about this later either, but we're all kind of Pentecostal, you know, in our in our background. But when you fall under the power, I don't know if you've ever seen someone fall over. You people catch them when they fall when hands are laid on them. That falling process, and there, you know, there was kind of a trend where you had to fall, but there, there was there's a real falling. You know, right. I've been in services where I could not stand because the power of God knocked me on the ground. Well, when you're falling, you're a lot of times you'd be stuck, and and a lot of the the times when we, because Dad and I have been in meetings. Yeah. I know one guy, you know, uh, Bill. Yeah. You know, he he was called into the ministry. He had a vision while he was on the while he was on the floor. He had a vision. Was called called into the ministry on the floor, and he was in a trance state. That's a trance. That's what they call them. It's weird because we haven't been using our words that we've had for thousands of years. So somebody else picked up those words and started using them. Right. So, but now that's what it is. You're under the is, under yeah. the power. We had our own, which was you're under the power of God. But yeah, we just called the fall <laughs> knocked under, out under the yeah, power. Yeah, out, <laughs> fell under the power was un, you know was having slain in the spirit that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know the real deal, not the everybody has to fall courtesy fall they call it. <laughs> you know. Uh, the courtesy fall. Yeah, that's it's good. a courtesy fall. Everybody fall. Very good. They got blessed. But that's that's what this is. It's the same. It's in the same vein. It's not the same as a dream, but it's it's a state that it's you go state. into in the Lord. And, and dreaming is a is a trance yeah. state. It dreaming is. is a trance state. Yeah. Uh -huh. And trances were well known throughout the history of America. Yeah. When people went to church, when there was, you know, churches would get together to have meetings. People would go into trances. 
the Quakers. They spoke in tongues, yeah. It was, it was, it was well-known in uh, Christianity in the early stages of America. Okay, so, is it too late? What time is it? Do we need to take up? a... Are you guys good or we should just I? like we laid the foundation? Do we need a break? Do you need a break? No, no. Okay. This is like saying sick him to a dog to me. Yeah. I could do this all night, really. <laughs> so I have to be aware is, of you, right? <laughs> I love talking about him. He's so awesome. <laughs> okay, so on, this I is... A question. I'm sorry. Yes. If nightmares are Yahweh, uh, Yahweh showing us things that we're afraid of, what is the purpose of that? So that you won't be afraid. Right. So, 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 let's say you're you, you just feel, you feel sad. You feel maybe, maybe scared during the day, and you don't know what's troubling you. You just you feel troubled, and and you don't know what it is, and you think it might be this, and you think it might be that, but you're not sure. You prayed about it, but it didn't go away. You prayed about that, but it didn't go away. And you're trying to figure out what it is. Then you have a nightmare. It doesn't have to be a nightmare, okay? But all of a sudden, there's this, and he's saying you're afraid of this, and you're afraid of that. And because love told you that, it's kind of like, oh, okay, thanks. Right. <laughs> huh? You watch a scary movie, you have a scary dream about that movie, maybe you were scared by that Right, movie. And, and he's telling you that, yeah, like, that, no, that, that movie scared you, so don't watch it again. The movie put a fearful thought in your mind that right. made you afraid. Yeah. It made you afraid. Yeah. So we're not, we want to stay away from fear, right? Because right. <laughs> fear always fights faith and belief, right? It fights faith, it fights trust, it just, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. We're ready for the symbols. Okay, so I think this is the last one. Yes. Oh, we're at the last one. We're at the last one. Okay, so you don't have to stay here all night. Okay. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> it's important to understand all these things that you were talking about at the beginning because like he was saying, you know, you have the you have the olive tree and you have the wild olive tree and there's a lot of books and ideas that people have about dreams that are not part of the actual olive tree they're not part of the root yeah. and and they may have picked up some things but we actually have a source we have source material here we have the source so that's what we're going to is the source because if you find out that yahweh is the one that gives you the dreams you probably want to find out what yahweh's word says about the dreams, <laughs> about the dreams right. yes, so, indeed. i'm just putting it all together here. yes it's good it's good When we are in the same room, we haven't eaten yet, have we? <laughs> yeah, so we're good. So, give you some biblical examples, and it's going to help you understand why. Okay, so Pharaoh has a dream of seven cows. Seven. I won't do the whole the whole dream over, but yet you know. Uh, he wants to know the interpretation. And so he has a dream of seven fat cows and seven skinny cows. And he knows there's something about that. And it seems like it needs to be interpreted. And no one can interpret it except... Joe. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Joe. Joe interpreted it. And he comes over and the spirit of Yahweh talks through him. Because to, to Yahweh belongs the interpretation. So... When he starts telling him what it means, the spirit of Yahweh is talking to the Pharaoh. And he says the seven cows represent, because remember we talked about Peshat and 
Kalpachar. Um, the seven cows represent this, seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And if you take care of the plenty of these seven years, you won't have, you won't have, you know, lack in the seven uh, other years. And he says, well, the spirit of, spirit of Yahweh is in him. How about this? You run the country. I'll just be the figurehead. How's that? Because <laughs> he knew he's not talking about a guy that just interpreted some idea. He, he felt the spirit of Yahweh talking to him, okay? So we could do Nebuchadnezzar. He had a couple, okay? The, the great image, okay? So um, that ended, right? And um, when he interpreted that, it was the same response. They could feel the spirit of Yahweh talking through him, okay? Um, and then he has the image of the tall tree, and uh, <laughs> Daniel has to say, I would to God that the interpretation of this uh, went to your enemies, but you're the tall tree. <laughs> He's going to cut you down because you're arrogant, right? And, of course, that happened, okay? Now, the thing is, we can ask a question, we can go back in the past, but it's still true for today. But why would ancient kings know that their dreams had messages that needed an interpretation? It's kind of universal. In the, in the, in the, when, when ancient Hebrew was the universal language, when you look at the, because we went over this last night, when you look at the letters and you see that something on the other side is going to come in and reveal a mystery to me. They understood dream reveals mysteries to us. Okay? And they all knew it. And people know it today. I have a dream. I don't, you know, I've interpreted dreams for people that I've had this dream, but, and I don't know what it means, and you tell them, right? So, um, so you've got that, okay? So um, we see it was, a, it was an image of a guy with gold head and shoulders, right? You remember that one, right? So that's an image, and he tells he, he interprets what each section means, right? Um, the image of the tall tree, he explains what it is and why it happened, okay? So that, that, that represents something. Um, so from this, we understand that trees represent leaders. So um, Yeshua, he did, he did a lot. I just grabbed two that everybody knows about, the tares and the wheat. Right, the the Jews teach that the the tares at that time what we call tares or you know, um, that, that that's a plant that sprout that, that hails back to the time of the flood. That it, it's a twisted, because tares actually have poisonous seed in them, and they look like wheat. Hmm. And it's the enemy that sows this. Whenever whenever there's something good planted, the enemy comes and plant something that looks like wheat, but when it grows up, it's got poisonous seed in it. Should we pluck it up? Nope. See how much confidence he has in us? No, don't pluck it up. We don't want to hurt the good, we don't want to hurt the good, good stuff. I let them grow side by side. You know, as young Christians, you're like, how come these bad people, are, they're allowed to stay here? <laughs> How come that church that does this nasty stuff all the time is still alive? You know, okay, now we're not judging anybody, but maybe they're tares. <laughs> okay, they grow side by side, and then during harvest season, the wheat stands up. It's easy, and you just you take out the tares and whoosh, 
and then you harvest. Mm -hmm. So what he does always is he takes out the bad stuff first. But at harvest time, you can tell the you can see the wheat in the facade. Yep. Yes, exactly. But exactly. Going along, it's they look alike. It's they do. Not revealed to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the facade realm, it's revealed to you. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, um, sower is the same thing. He's letting us know because you want to know how come, you know, because sometimes it's like, you know, the guy doesn't have enough anointing. These are, these are nonsense things we've said in the past. He's, he's not spiritual enough. He's not that. Okay. And then, okay. But the Messiah, uh, the word of God speaking through a human being, you can't get it any more powerful than that. And he says, there's four kinds of people that are listening to me. Because he told his disciples, he said, you know, when, when everyone comes to me, they're not all coming to be taught by me. They're, they're coming to find fault, right? Mm -hmm. So he gives us that. And he's using an image. He doesn't talk about the people. He's talking about the, he's talking about the different kinds of ground that the good seed goes on and why not everybody has the same... Um, it doesn't have the same effect, although it's the same word, because right. it's the ground. If you've prepared yourself for the word, that word will bear fruit. If you want to argue with it, not so much. <laughs> if, you, if you have your focus on anything else but the word, probably not going to have too much happen, because he covered all that. But you see how they're all symbols? It's a symbol, okay? So we're using that word, okay? So dreams have symbols. Because they're mysteries, they're not the plain meaning of Elohim. Okay? It's sowed. It's the highest level. It's a secret. It's a mystery. We can't figure out mysteries. They have to be revealed to us by Papa. Since they're his mysteries, he has to tell us. But he's not telling us outside of plain meaning, you know, in all those levels. He's not, he's telling, not telling us outside of that. Those are involved. Um... So it's being revealed to the dreamer about something that involves the dreamer. So if you were, let's say, um, I could probably explain it better like this. Every time you dream about a house, it's your life. But in the dream, you have a sense that you're in somebody else's house. And what that means is that that's somebody that you know, but your life is involved with theirs. Does that make sense how I said that? Okay. So because of that, now we can now we can understand, okay? He's showing me in this house that there's a snake in the bathroom and there's a spider web in the living room. Now, I don't have a snake in my bathroom and I don't have I don't have a spider web in my living room, but in this person's house that I go into, the place where I should be able to purge myself and become clean has lies in it. And they're speaking evil curse words, the spider webs. So he's letting me know, don't let that affect you. But it's, it's not actually my life, but it's my life as it is involved with someone else's. Okay? So what I mean when I say it involves a dreamer, it might involve your relationship with someone else. So it's not going to affect you in a negative way. Okay? Um, but... Um, it has to do with you. So, you know, he's, if you are called, you've been, I want to say this the right way, right, Papa? Let me say it the right way.
He's not going to give you a dream about Jim Winchester, and you don't even know who Jim Winchester is. That's, that's going to be a symbol, <laughs> okay? Uh, or this, this is one I have to explain to people frequently. I had a dream that my so-and-so, fill in the blank, father, mother, grandmother, grandfather, was mean, and they did this, and they're not like that at all. It's not about them. <laughs> Okay, it's not about them. It's not about them. Okay, they represent something. I'm getting puzzled looks. Does it seem like I'm getting puzzled looks? Are you all good? They yeah. represent themselves. Right. It's not about them. They represent something. Or if they died. Or if they died too, especially if they died, then it would be a little easier to see. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna have something to do with you. Now, if you're involved with, with uh, a situation. Um, like you might ha you might have a dream about um, Uncle So and So died, and we have to really explain this. Hmm. Uncle So and So is not going to die. God's showing you that your relationship with Him, the season that you are with Him, is ending. But invariably, somebody has a dream about Uncle Fred, and he died in a week. And so when we tell them that, they don't believe us. <laughs> <laughs> but God wasn't telling him he was going to die. He was letting them know that you're, the season that you're with him is ending. Okay, So what, we're, um, what I'm describing right now is not necessarily dream interpretations and symbols. What I'm showing you is that it has to do with you. It's not going to be about you and somebody that you don't know. Right? Like if, uh, I, can, I can feel in the room that, um, that you, some of you, we use the word empath so that we don't sound like, but you can feel other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna feel somebody's, give me a town that's close to here. Estero, is there anything like that? Oh, yeah, is that a road? Close? Um, well, just anything. We're all from everything, yeah. I, I'm, from, I'm from Georgia, so I don't know. Port Charlotte. Okay, Port Charlotte. So you have a dream. You're not gonna have a dream about somebody. You're not gonna feel somebody's stress in Port. Port Charlotte. Port Charlotte, okay? You're not, you're not gonna have that. You're gonna, if you feel something, it's gonna be something that you're near. Right. You're gonna walk into a room and you're gonna feel what they feel. You're not gonna feel it from 100 miles away or whatever. Right. Okay. The dream will either involve you or the dream will involve, have something to do with something you're involved in. Right, you can yeah. say it like that too. Yeah. So yeah. you can have a dream that wasn't specifically with regard to yourself, right? But it could be your church, mm -hmm. right? Your dream could be your about your church, sure. About yeah. your church. It could you're be involved like in the church, but it's about it's right. not about you. It's about your church, right? Right. But you're involved. You, but it's because you're, you're involved. It's because I, you're I involved. Think, I think yeah. that lack of understanding. People go around and call themselves prophets because they, they they feel like you know God's going to judge his church or whatever. And it's kind of like it's kind of like a weird kind of a, a thing. It's not like that. You know, he's going to tell you about stuff. He's going to warn you about stuff. But it, it's not like a, um, I have to explain what I meant when I said that. Yeah, and it's and it's also not a it's not a geographic thing as much as it is a connected thing. Yeah, you know, that's like, a good way of saying it. You know, it, yeah. because because you could have, and we've had these too. Like even my kids have had dreams about the future of America, and nailed it. Like completely nailed it. Exactly what it was. And at their age, they didn't even understand the news. But when we looked at the dream and what it was, it was God speaking about our country 
and what what the, what what they were trying to do in the country years before they did it. And it was phenomenal because it was very clear in the dream that's what right. it was, but it's because we're in this country. Right. We're connected America. with America, so we will get information about or dreams about the future of the country because this is something we're connected with in that in that degree. But it does come in in levels and it comes in in progression. You know what I'm saying? It's not right. just like you know, anyway, Dad, you probably could say it better than me, but you know, it's I think that's it's, it's just how you're it, connected. It really, yeah, it really has more with a relational thing than yeah. just some kind of esoteric thing. Right, right. Um, what about when people will have dreams and they will be the main the messages for that other person? What about that? Because I've had dreams where close friends of mine have had a dream about me, and why is that? Why, why is it that somebody because, else because it's, that there's this going on? And you care about them. So God will give them the dream, and then when that, that's interpreted, and then they will come and talk to you about it, yeah. right? God would be like, you right. tell them about this but, dream. Yeah. And, and the re and involved with this is the idea that you have a dream that doesn't give you authority to just go whatever, whatever. It's not a way of controlling people. It, it has to do with you and your relationship in in that realm. It's more like that rather than well, the Lord told me this and blah 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 blah, you know, like that. Right. But you understand, right? Yeah. Right. What what needs to happen? Right. The Lord's giving you a clue through that dream. Yeah. Right. And right. this guy's here. Right. Right. And you're here in his life. Mm -hmm. and, and then that might give you clues how to. And just the knowledge that the revelation can set you free from something right. that has bound you. Right. And in that, like, I mean, bound, not like, you know, but just like mm -hmm. kept you immobile. You can get information in that dream from the Lord, and that revelation breaks that thing, and now you feel freedom to move forward in it because of, of what that dream meant. Because right. you knew it was from God, so it's like a message from God that you're right. getting that you have the interpretation of and you understand. But it always comes with the spirit of wisdom and revelation mm -hmm. and understanding. And, and they're and, symbols. And they're yeah. symbols. And, right. and this is. And so what's happened sometimes is people attempt the dream interpretation and they don't get it right, so they just yeah. You know, but if you would continue to engage with the spirit of the Lord, he will show you what they mean. Right. And it really does work. You know, having somebody like my dad around helps a lot, you know, because if, if you if you get it wrong, you'd be like, hey, you know, but but the Lord is is that spirit. You know, he's the one that's telling us what's going on. So, yeah. so Bruce, do you have a, a, um, a list of or a group of Yep. that are constant and mm -hmm. uh, and they always mean this. I mean, this is what you right. What they right. alert you to. We, it's 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 and like is that, a, is that a big list, little list? What well, it, it, it can be big. There is it can one. Be you big. should have it here. We're, you you might have you might have a. I I, I think I might have given you all a start. There's some there. Yeah, mm -hmm. I gave you a start. There's common dreams. Bathroom dreams are common. You know, there's com there's dreams that are common. Um, once you understand. Because he's revealed these things throughout the ages, it's you know. Um, so once we understand that, then then this is then it's common. You know, you go into a bathroom, the toilet doesn't work. Well, you can't purge yourself yet, right? You're standing in front of the sink, uh, and the and the faucet doesn't work. So you can't. You don't know how to clean up your actions in your life. You know. So you you got bathroom dreams. Those are very common, and I I have a short list there. So um, Pardon? We've had dreams that you, you go to school for the very first time, and, and it's like people have been there all year long. I mean, this is like the first time you showed up, and it's time for the final. 
I mean, we both have had those dreams. That's beautiful, yeah. That's weird. Well, you know. <laughs> but over and over again, it's like, I'm not prepared or I'm going to go fake this. Or well, he's letting you know that you're close. Uh, you're close. No, no, it, it, it's, it's kind of, see, he doesn't have expectations of, I'm not saying you say this. I'm I'm tr I'm trying to I'm trying to do the the, the um the outside first before we go in. Okay, so I'm not saying that you think this. This is just my way of doing it. Okay, so he does not have of us expectations that we can't perform. Of course, we know that. Um, but then he does want us to know that he's bringing us maybe like because you're was it in college or was it in high school? I think we had both. College. Both. Okay. Okay. So he's telling you that you're ready to be, um, what's the right word, um, promoted. promoted, and you're close to your final. And once you do that final thing, you'll be promoted. It can also be in a bathroom dream. Bathrooms, uh, when you have a dream of being in a shower, that's the last cleansing before you're promoted. But when we say promoted, we do not mean what the church age says promoted. You know, we don't mean that. We mean that he, we're now ready to uh, engage God on higher levels than we've ever known before because it's, it, he doesn't just take a child and have him drive a city bus, right? He's just not going to do that. So there, there's, there's levels. Sometimes people have a dream that they're in the college and uh, they go in to see the, the tests. I've had that and they run out of the room. <laughs> Right. I don't want I'm, I'm not ready for this, you know, and so he's showing them that they don't feel ready. So having dreams at um, about to have your final exam, that means you're about to be promoted in those areas. But it, but it's not it's not a sense of it has nothing to do with your worth or your value to God. It has to do with he's very uh, one of the things I I, I, I cherish everything about him, but I really I also treasure he is such a good teacher and he's very thorough and i've had times where he taught me this and i was like wow man this is so good and then he comes back later and teaches me something else and i thought i thought i knew that pretty well no it's just thorough he's just being thorough that's all it's, it's not anything bad right. it's just thorough he's just he's, he's a good thorough teacher and uh I, I really treasure that about him. That's what I treasure about dreams, because he's teaching us in dreams, among other things. And so um, I hope I've explained it so that you can understand. It doesn't have to do with your worth or whether you're ready or anything like that. It, it, he's read, There's a, something that's going to be taking place so that you'll be promoted to the next place that he wants you to, to be in, um, which is different than standing in the back and watching everybody else be promoted, you know, getting their, their degrees, right? Because those are dreams too, right? But what he's showing you, you're, you're ready, right? Because it's, al it's almost time. You're ready. You're, you're ready for your final. And sometimes in the dream, you don't feel ready. So he's letting you know you don't feel ready. You see, he's so I think if we keep that in the back of our mind, we interpret dreams he's teaching us. I think that'll that'll help yeah. with the. Uh, He's, he is, yeah, and I, yeah. that's what all of the dreams. You know, when I go through my dreams and see the interpretations and see what he's teaching me, I have gone back. There's a particular topic, once very specific topic. I have been taught for about six years now, and um, and apparently, I. It, but see, I I look at it like, well, did I not get it? But I did get it. But he right. wants me to understand it because it has to do with what I'm doing. It has to do with, with the right. way that I will be teaching and the things that I'll be talking about in the future have to do with this specific topic. Because when he when it's time for me to hit that, 
it's going to be very thorough. And um, so, anyway, that's my guess on it. The Lord will tell me more. Sure, it is. Sure. It's a teaching. But I don't feel condemned about it. I just feel... There's, there's no condemnation or anything like that, because he's yeah. not like that at all. No. I didn't... And ever. I never he's felt never, condemned ever by like it. That. And I was just... And I was like, Dad, I was like, oh, <laughs> well, how about that? Yeah. You know, because I didn't realize that there was that aspect to it, too. Because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, for me, and a lot of us, too, we get taught a lot of condemnation. You know, you know, mm -hmm. it's not good enough. You know, I, I used to teach a class called Level Up. <laughs> I made up that name, okay? And Oops. you had to get through all the different levels to get to the highest level. Well, you imagine that. Yeah. You know, this Papa's is the church like teacher who's teaching you to go to level up. And I, I play video games, so I thought level up sounds good. But I realized that that's not actually how our relationship with God is. We are not leveling up. It's a relationship based on love. And love has to do with knowing who each other is, knowing what your thoughts are, knowing how it works, and knowing what isn't him. You know, because there's a lot of stuff that represents God that's not him at all. You know, and so the, these dreams open up things because your conscious mind has these little barriers. And God isn't going to bypass those barriers, but when you're sleeping and your, your conscious mind goes back, and he puts drops you down, <laughs> right? And now you're going subconscious, and now all of a sudden be like, oh, an elephant. And some dandelions. What am I looking at? And you may even see yourself there. If you've ever done this before, just before you fall asleep, you go into that state and you start to see things. And I've, I've had many messages that way. And I'll just tell Kim, I'll be like, hey, I see this. And I see that thing. And I see this other thing. And I'll, and I'll remember later. And I'll write them down. And, and there are messages. I'm starting to dream already. I'm already going into that state because it's, it's a... It's a um, it's a brainwave state. They actually measure this stuff. Now. Yeah, it's, a, it's an alpha state. It's an alpha state, and then yeah. you can go into theta. And so there's right. there's different layers, and the theta state is a deep state. You will receive revelation in that state. Right. They, I mean, they know this. Even right. even scientifically, they know this. And they know the part of your brain, too, where, where you have religious experiences. They do know the whole, where that is. Science, you know, we believe that all this stuff was hairy-fairy. Thank right. you for forgiving us, Papa. Right. But that's what we thought before. And then the whole human race is designed by God to, to receive the secrets of God. Right. And he's giving, them their, he's giving them secrets every night. Right. <laughs> so science, science and the spirit are, are converging. And they're converging, point. yeah. And, and uh -huh. they're seeing things now in science with quantum physics and things like that. And it's, it's what it is in the spirit. Now, they can't control it. They don't know how it starts. Yeah. You know, and that's the reason why we, as the, as the sons of God, being manifested on the earth, will have answers for them when they're looking for the answers. We'll say, hey, just like Joseph, just like you know, we see him in the Bible, they'll be able to come to people like us and we'll be able to share with them, right. this is Yahweh. He is speaking to you in dreams. He's speaking to you in visions so that you know his heart for you is a heart for love, not for cursing and death, but for blessing and, and prosperity. Right. And that's the kind of message that God is bringing to the earth. So all of this is just like beyond us, but it's being shared with us. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you, how do you know what's in the mind of man unless you are the man, but we have received the mind of Christ. So with, within the mind of Christ, we are receiving revelation regarding his goodness. But again, the sowed. It's, it's the it's highest level. It's a mystery. He's, sh he's sharing it. But it's his mystery. It's not mine. Right. He didn't give me something I have to figure out. If you understand how I'm saying that, I hope right. that's clear. It's his mysteries. And he's showing me his mysteries. And he's showing it to me in a way that I can understand it because he gave me symbols. Or as some people have said, um, dreams are God's love language. 
You can say that too, because yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Every night, every single night, whether you whether you are aware of it or not, he's given you dreams every single night. And those dreams could have affected you and you didn't know it in a good way, because they're from God, right? Um, you went to bed troubled, you woke up, uh, you don't believe in dreams or you don't, maybe not, we won't go that far. You, you don't think God talks to you in dreams and you went to bed troubled and you woke up and you felt better and you don't know why, because he gave you a dream. So, so, James, do you think dreams could be described as push notifications from heaven? Yes. <laughs> With there emoji. you go. Yeah. Oh, yes. emoji. Full of emojis. But, but no, emoji, emoji. <laughs> An emoji is a very good example of the symbols yeah. because like Dad was saying, the block letters are the original because they're saying we're going backwards in language yeah. by emoji. But if you listen yeah. to what he just said, we're actually going forward, yeah. Yeah. which is interesting. Not that we should write an emoji. I'm not doing that, but I'm just saying like, that's an internal piece, yeah. you know, but it has a good point. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you could if you want to write that down. You can write down about dog, dog, dogs in America. Dog, dog, dogs are known as God's best friend, man's best man's friend, best friend, not God's. I'm, I keep thinking we're about God's best friend. right, man's best friend, <laughs> and so it could be a dog or it could be a um, a friendship, depending on because it's context because you're interpreting the dream the same way that you interpret with Peshat. You're looking at the context. You have to always look at the context of it. Right. So he doesn't just give you a dog and you're looking at a dog. There's going to be a context that that dog is in in a dream. Right. And it's going to tell you, is, is, it, um, is it a close dog? Is it a puppy? Is it a big dog? Is it a dog? You know, whatever. Um, the color of the all, dog. All of a sudden, all, the color of the dog. The dog starts barking at you, so that's a friend that's mad at you, that kind of thing. So, But it's the context the with dreams. Yeah. You never lose that ever. Right, right. You never exactly. lose the play meeting. Yeah, and all and all of those levels, they're doing this. They're they're it's comparing other scriptures, and in the comparison, if when I compare this verse to this verse, if it changes this meaning, I'm wrong. Right, right. Always like that. Interpret the scripture in light of the other scripture. That is right. basic Bible interpretation. Yeah, but you have you do have to look at the context. Now, what's helped me tremendously is knowing that only the cultural context but the historical context of things yeah what was going on i didn't know that the essenes they were they were the third group in israel they were the third group they just the other two didn't want you to know about it but they were the ones that prepared john the baptist and jesus when he talked about shabbat and so things with them he was addressing their view he was talking to the essenes because neither the the pharisees nor the sadducees believed what he was talking about but he was addressing the essenes you think that if your friend falls into a ditch and he's going to die, you have to let him die. How do you spell that? E-S-S. -S. And that's the guys who had the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, the Essenes, E-S-S-E-N-E-S. -S -E -E John the Baptist was. Um, they really did prepare that. They were... See, the whole nation was looking for him because they knew he was there. Because they knew Daniel's prophecy. So, so when you see, we found him, he's the son of Joseph. Let's go, come on. Yeah. You, know? So when, when, you know, when Jesus says, you know, when you're under the tree, I saw you. He's like, you're the Messiah. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, you're the Messiah. And they go and hang out with him for 10 more hours. You know what I mean? He goes, what do you want from me? He goes, where are you staying? You can see what that means, where are you staying? I'm going to follow you. No matter where you go, I'm going to follow you. Right? So they, they hung with him the first time. They meet him for the first time, hang out with him for 10 hours. So they're not just hanging out playing croquet. There's a lot of them. Yeah, but the, the ones that, are, that, are, that I tend to be familiar with. Okay, okay, more gotcha. Why? <clears throat> and is it, and I think it is, but okay, why okay. is it proper that they were not canonized as part of the Holy Scripture? As we know. Okay, so um, I'm going to give you a picture. I'm going to try a picture. Oops. I, I know Picture. That, that okay. Criteria that was used. It's like this. See all these books? Pretend that's those are all the things that are in books that have been written about God. Okay. I'm going to stand up. <laughs> I, I can't point here. This shelf only talks about the nation of Israel. All the prophecies concern concern Israel, how Israel relates to to the rest of the world, the the history of Israel. All of that is this. Okay, this is the mysteries of God. This is um, the interaction of angels and men. This is you see what I mean. What they did is they what we call canonized. They canonized the Jews. Canonized the, the books they had to do with the nation of Israel. Okay. But they had others, and they had a lot of others, and that's what the Dead Sea Scrolls showed us. They had a lot of other books that were just as important. But, they, but the ones that they canonized only had to do with the nation. Okay, so now you said something that really catched my attention. Okay. You said that they had other books that were just as important. Mm-hmm. Just as important yes. as God's holy word? It is God's holy word. But they didn't canonize it. They just read it and they studied it. Solomon wrote other books. Mm-hmm. The Wisdom of Solomon. He wrote other books. Okay, so, so that so that go ahead, finish. Is Enoch then, in your opinion, the Word of God? Absolutely. The inspired Word of God. Absolutely. Just like just like Genesis, just like Exodus, yep. Absolutely. No. Have, you re- have you read it? Enoch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a feeling when you read it, and you'll know it's God. Absolutely God. Really helped me with a buddy of mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. You'll know it's God. You'll absolutely know it's God when you read it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, say. The, but see, he's sharing with us mysteries that are stunning. There's an angel behind every storm. Of those, of those four Yeah, that, that's true. The apocrypha okay. type books, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Enoch is one, and what's uh, the, there's two or three that are just very, very popular. Um, well, there's there's the Jubilees. The Book of Jubilees is another one. Okay. Yeah. In uh, Jude, behold, behold, Yahweh comes 
with thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all the ungod on all the ungodly against the men that spoke uh, blasphemies against God. That's a quote from Enoch. Book that I read. If 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 it's a quote from Sirach, he tells you it's from Sirach. See the Jews. Sirach is another. One. Sirach Sirach is another one. The the Jews. I'm not talking about the time of the Messiah because they lost something by then. But before that, you've got Ezekiel, and they understand Ezekiel. And they understand the Merchabah. They, they understand that God has a moving chariot that goes around the planet to perform his will. And they're, and they're studying those kinds of things, okay? So e Ezekiel talks about it, and, and all these rabbis know about that. I'm just giving an example of stuff, okay? So... Um, I've read this as an example, but we don't know if it's true. When they started printing the Bible, if you included those extra books instead of, because the, the first books were like, when the Bible was this thick when it was first printed. And if you add those, it's like this. So some people think that they decided to do, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't really know, but they've always been here. Right. These books have always been here. Um, and, and their history dates back with the other books. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, I've done yeah. that much research. Yep. Yeah, they, they have. I was concerned about getting into uh, something that was not right. canonized. And with that said, that group that canonized them is uh, one of those uh, wild... Yeah. Well, you know, see that um, one of those wild roots. Yeah, one of those. It, it could be a wild olive tree. I know yeah. it can be. Yeah. There's a, there's a when we were first talking about this. There's a feeling that you get when you read the word. It's not mental. Once you once you once you you can read the Bible to get ideas, and that's how we started out. But then there's a place where you can feel God when you read it, or there's a place where you read something, and all of a sudden you stop, and you're like, whoa. And you're feeling God because his, his essence and his nature is in his words and they're, and they're written. So with that in mind, you can read these books and see the right. spirit of God is in this. Yeah. And, and this guy might have said this, but you know it's wrong and he knew it was wrong. Yeah. Right? And you can research these books because, you know, you don't just go out and find a random book somewhere and say, this is the scripture. I mean, right. Right, right. You know, right. but you can research where some of these books came from and like, because I did my own independent, you know, research too on a lot of these books, and I look at it, and I'm and I've read Enoch, and I was like, why is this not in the Bible? Like I couldn't figure out why <laughs> it wasn't in the Bible. Well, it was lost. It was lost. They when they were canonizing, I don't even know if they had a copy of Enoch. It was lost. Well, it, at the time, at the very beginning, they had it. Yeah, it, at the time of the Essenes, they had it. At the Essenes, they had it. Right. Yeah. So these guys felt like it was. It was the word to, to study a scripture. Yeah, they had it. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. When it came to right. the can canonization era of time, yeah, yeah. They were doing that. See, it may have been displaced. And, and let, let, let's no, let's I'm get a, sure. let's I'm get a sure. bit of a, a little bit of a context of the canonization. There are wheat and tares, and the tares say <laughs> this, and the tares say that. Okay, so we're not going to include the, their books, right? We're going to include these books. We know these are, these men were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The, they were the Holy Spirit performed in them the ability to write, because the Holy Spirit always is the the action part of God. 
Okay, so they're carried along by the Holy Spirit while they're writing. They're not just coming up with their own things. Prophecies are not open to private interpretation. You think it means this and you think it means that. It's not open to that, right? So, so you have that going on. So um, these other books, when, when you have that feeling when you're reading, you know this is true. Well, we could, we could say that. It, now, there's another point, too, regarding Bible canons in general. Um, there are multiple Bible canons. Um, there are some Bible canons that have, what, 180 books in them. The Ethiopian canon is yeah, that's, humongous. That's pretty, that's pretty um, it's large, got a yeah. lot of different books. You have Eastern and Western Christianity. We should show you guys We that. don't really, we, we have cut off anything. I'm going to talk, I'll be right back. Okay, we've cut off anything from, because um, we're, we're, we're in the West, but Eastern Christianity is significantly different than us. And they have some really good stuff, but we talk bad about Eastern Christianity, but Eastern Christianity doesn't talk bad about us. So there's a lot of like history related to, you know, um, a lot of this, and there is other canons out there. So I've looked at some of the other canons and seen that some of, we have the smallest canon, the Protestant canon is the smallest canon of all the scriptures. Um, the other canons are all bigger, and the Ethiopian canon is the largest. So. Yeah, the Catholic Bible includes some of the books that are in the Apocrypha, some of those other books that have not been included in the canon. Right. Because when I got our family Bible, because my grandmother was Catholic, I was looking through it, and I'm like, I don't know what these are. I don't know about this. Right, I can't right. read this. Right. Because I didn't know what right. I didn't know. Right. And I think if you when you start in the, in the what I call the plumb line of Scripture, um, when you look at these others, it's it's pretty obvious right away whether this is uh, a book that is that is something that is to be continued to be read. Um, but you know, when it comes to Enoch, like my opinion, I read Enoch, and my question was, why is this not in the canon? Because I read it and I was like, this is really powerful. There's messianic prophecies in Enoch, yeah. like very powerful mm -hmm. ones that are very appropriate for what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. so, and so yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I've never read Enoch. I've never heard of it till tonight. But when we were in Israel. chased down all the Jews and killed them. Well, the last of the Jewish holdouts went to this fort on the top mm -hmm. of the mountain. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then they all committed suicide and were dead on the top of the mountain because mm -hmm. they didn't want the Romans to kill them. They killed themselves. Well, the people that were among the ones at the top of that mountain were the ones that hid the stuff in the Dead Sea Scrolls. So from like the year 70 until like the year 1963 when some shepherd found them <laughs> in a cave, these books were hidden. They were hidden so for they weren't, centuries. They weren't rejected for being in the Bible. They, they were, were hidden. Nobody knew. They didn't get canonized right. out. They knew, didn't know. Right. Then there are some other books in the Bible. Mm -hmm. what's, the, what's the other one? Maccabees. Like Maccabees was Maccabees. there. Right. But it didn't, but it didn't make the cut. Didn't make the, the cut. Didn't make the Catholic cut, but didn't make the cut. Right, right. So that's a different Great story. Versus yeah. Something. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, like my dad was saying earlier, which I didn't know this when he was studying the Dead Sea Scrolls. He found out that David had written over three thousand psalms. He had a psalm for every day of the of the year. Um, mm -hmm. We don't have all of those, nope. you know. But like they picked which ones they felt like had to do with the nation of Israel and use those, you know. So you have a lot of that going on too. So but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we'll all have an opportunity to read all of it. Yeah. You know, because it's everything that's here that was from the Lord. Yeah. That's all established all in the heavens anyway. So it's not like it's disappeared. Um, you'll be able to read it. Libraries in 
Yeah. There's right. libraries in heaven. I mean, there are humongous libraries in yeah. heaven, and there are there's even a hidden history of what the angels the in, heaven? in heaven. Who knows? Well, the tablets, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I went to. Just me, my hand went, went to the ark. Mm-hmm. Yes, wasn't it awesome? Yes, yes. to the ark. Yes. And the amazing. one thing that just really, really got my attention was the library yep. that was in the ark. Yeah. I'd never thought about the fact that the that no one written scrolls yep. had to be on the ark. Yep. Now, one word said about it in the scripture. <laughs> But it had to be there. It had to be. Yep. I mean, I mean, the, the right. what happened right. with the flood says it had to be in there. Right, right. And it's never mentioned in Scripture. Right. That blew my mind. Well, I never had crossed my mm-hmm. mind until I saw the library in the ark. Yeah. And I said, of course it was <laughs> on the ark. Yeah. They had to be. Yeah. And the other thing, too, which is interesting about Scripture, which I think goes along with what you're talking about with Sod, is that the Scripture is a specific type of literature. And it's very, it was very popular, you know, back in early civilizations, but we don't do it as much. And it's called meditative literature. This is the type of, of, of writing that was made to be read and then imagined. You know, where we read books and there's fine detail and, you know, we read books that are very descriptive and has every little detail in it. The scriptures purposely are not written that way because they're meditative. I'll meditate in your word, O oh Lord. It's because we're connecting with that word that's written and now in our own mind we're creating that so some of the details because people are like why aren't dinosaurs in there why aren't this in there why aren't that in there because what's in there is what you need to connect with that in a meditative way to think about to meditate on. but there are dinosaurs in heaven there are dinosaurs in heaven yeah nice they've been seen in can heaven. you ride them? and they and they and they <laughs> ask the angel are those dinosaurs yes those are dinosaurs what am i doing here Yahweh loves dinosaurs. Oh, wow. <laughs> he made them. Yeah, he made exactly. them. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, and... Um, so I will get to ride a dinosaur. Yeah, you might be able to. <laughs> right. See the... Maybe. See the... the um, you were talking about the... Um, <laughs> You're talking about the different books. Different books and stuff. Oh, I love you know what? The whole thing is amazing. I mean, think about just the size of it. When you walk up and you see the ark, and you think, yeah. you know, in yeah. 120 years, they desert, so much. Yep. 68 years. 69 years. Awesome. Yeah. And then it's gone. It's awesome. And that's it, you know. Yep, it's awesome. Well, should we close up? It's 9.30? Is it 9.30? It's 9.30. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Okay. You, you want to close or you want me to? You can do it. All right. All right. Just do it. All right. <laughs> yeah, we've made it to the last slide, so that's good. And you guys have everything. Um, we can talk some more, too, but we can we can close it. Yeah, we'll close it. We can just, we can talk offline. Offline. All right. <laughs> All, right. All right. Father, thank you for uh, the <laughs> yes. word. Thank you for sending love Yeshua, you, the word yes, of God. Yes, and, yes, yes, yes. And we yes. just love you so much. We thank you that you are opening our eyes. You're opening our our, our hearts to revelation for the revelation of your love that's been demonstrated throughout our lives father we thank you that as we're dreaming as we're seeing the your your yes. manifestation of love in our lives that we yes. would continue yes. to pursue that 
pursue the things that you're pursuing for us, Father. We thank you. There's no condemnation in you, but that your love is, per is perfected in us. It's matured in us by the Spirit. And we honor the seven spirits. We honor you. We yes, thank you for Holy giving Spirit, us so yes. much good stuff. And we're really looking forward to what you're about to show us. It's amazing. Amen. And we meditated before there was a China. Right. They learned that from us. They did. They actually did. Did you, did you tell them that? I haven't yet, but we, okay. we can get there. The we're church the split when it, early on. And there was a Western church, and it got kind of like stuck in Italy. And then the Eastern church uh, just went straight across. Uh, but they were mystics. And they meditated because Isaac meditated way before there was any any other whatever. Meditation occurs in the in your secret place. Right. When Jesus said, "Pray in your secret place," if I have a room in my house that I go pray in, it's not a secret. It's my prayer place, but my secret place is in here. It's in your heart. And that's where meditation occurs, and that's where prayer is offered from. Okay. So. Um, the I just really that's a whole other I, I get off I get off <laughs> I shouldn't we do talked that. About that we talked yeah, about that yeah. at the but, too. but when we see when we say meditate in English we just think we think about it a lot but it's actually more than that you're actually connecting with God in your heart in here yeah. the the Eastern Church went straight across they still have some of the buildings that um Thomas Thomas built for them while they were there you know um. But when they got to China and they showed the, the emperor the Bible, he was so overjoyed with the wisdom that was on it, he ordered it to be printed for everybody in China. And they taught the Christians, mystic Christians, taught them how to meditate. And then when the next guy came over and conquered uh, China, he got started destroying the Bible, so we hid them in other books, <laughs> right? And then what's-his-name took over and said, well, I'm going to teach you how to meditate my way, which he connected with something else, right, which was not good. But we, we had it first. It's, it's kind of like the, you know, the Gnostics were trying to take over Christianity with their own views. It's like that. So they were trying to just take it over. Uh, but you can't stop us anyway. But I'm just saying, when we say meditation, we think of the Maharishi, but... They stole that from us. <laughs> we were meditating far, way before those guys did it, but they got it from us. Yeah.